Welcome to Restaurant Influencers presented by Entrepreneur Media and Yelp. We want to have a special shout out to Toast. Thank you for believing in this project. Our title sponsor, our primary technology partner at Cali Barbecue. And a special welcome to Brendan Sweeney, CEO and co-founder of Pop Menu, one of the other sponsors on the show. So restaurant influencers in life, in the restaurant business, and in the creator economy, we learn through lessons and stories. Today, I can't wait to dive in. I'm super excited. We're here at the National Restaurant Association show. Pop Menu is dominating on the trade floor. You guys literally can't service all the people that want to come and try the things that you guys are offering. I'm gonna start with a random question that I always do on the show. Where in the world is your favorite stadium, stage, or venue? That is an awesome question. I, I have to say, I love London. I lived there for a bit and I'm a huge Arsenal fan. Okay. And there's just something for me about going to the Emirates Stadium. Emirates Stadium? Yeah, and I've, I've it gets criticized because it's a little bit quiet, you know, sometimes, uh, unless we're just killing it. But I've seen awesome football, soccer there, but I've also seen Coldplay there. And so I've got some real fond memories in that stadium. It's a great spot. Okay, so Chris Comparato, CEO of Toast, he picked Brazil, you're picking London. We're gonna go to London. We're gonna pretend pot menu figures out a way to be the title sponsor of FIFA World Cup and we're playing at Emirates. All but right. we're also <laughs> gonna give you the mic and say, we're gonna give Pop Menu an introduction to the world, but we're gonna give you two minutes. I need to All know right. who Pop, Pop Menu is in two minutes. Yeah, that's not how I'd choose to use that time. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd be a little bit... Um, I well, think this I, is the Pop Menu commercial on the world stage. Yeah, I mean, Pop Menu is giving control and simplicity back to restaurants helping them navigate this crazy digital world, put their best foot forward, attract, engage, and transact with their guests in a, in a way they've never been able to do before and, and simplifying their lives. So for me, what I love about Pop Menu, the more I learned about what you guys are doing, we're obsessed with turning a brick and mortar business into a digital business, into yeah. an online business. We want to be the Amazon of barbecue. We want the people that consume this content, whether it's on video, whether it's through written word, whether it's through podcasts, we want people to add different lines of revenue to their restaurant. Yeah. One of the things that you guys do is you started with the heart, you started with the menu. Why did you start there and, and how did this idea come? Yeah, to be honest, I mean, it was just super, super obvious <laughs> to us. <laughs> and we've had in, uh, investors, potential investors tell us before, hey, this is the most obvious thing we've ever heard of. Yes. Um, but you guys did it first. And so, um, you know, I think the thing is when you when you look around at, at how restaurants um, try to put their best foot forward in a digital world, it's just gotten further and further behind as things have moved faster and faster. And so the, the whole anachronism of a PDF text menu being the way, arguably the most sensual business there is. Okay, maybe maybe you could go a different direction with that, but I would say restaurants are a super sensual business. It's yes. taste and smell and, and, and atmosphere and all of this. And it's like, here, let me give you a piece of text and, and I'm gonna try to get you into my restaurant using that. Um, the, the insight was not just, hey, this is not the best way to represent a restaurant, but it was there can be so much more to it um, and, and that doesn't have to be just third-party platforms who, when we started the company, were dominating dining discovery. It, it, it also has to do with, you know, ordering, um, all the various ways that people find restaurants. It, it, it's basically, if you, if you take all of the consumer experience that third-party platforms use and have, have really refined and developed well to, to attract massive audiences, put it in the restaurant website under their control, 
man, they're able to just control so much more of how they put their best foot forward. And so we just thought, put photos in there, put reviews in there, first party reviews, direct reviews, put ratings, put social validation all in one place. You mentioned Amazon. It does feel like an Amazon product page when you come to a regular menu on Pop Menu, yep. um, not even for ordering. You, you can see, you know, what does this dish look like? What's but the chef could put as many uh, you know pieces of text as they want about it. Tell, tell the whole story. The reviews are directly there. The, the ratings, the social validation, it's all in one place. There's, there's no reason it shouldn't be under the restaurant control. And so we just thought as consumers, this is what we want to see. And we want to see it directly from the restaurant. Why isn't it like that? And so we just set about, you know, making that happen for restaurants. So we talk a lot on the show about how important it is to tell your own story, to use smartphone storytelling, to use all the apps that are available to a restaurant owner. One of the things that I love about what you guys have built is that you've really made the menu come alive. Because as much as we love social media apps, the TikToks, the LinkedIn's, the Facebooks, Instagram Reels, if you're not an e-commerce company, if you don't think of your restaurant business as an e-commerce business, then you're really missing the boat. When I go on Amazon, there's never been a time where myself or my wife has gone onto Amazon and purchased something that didn't have a photo, yeah. that didn't have a description. <laughs> Can you talk more about the importance of what you do on literally every single menu item becomes its own SEO blog post, essentially? We're all trained as consumers by modern e-com. We, we don't settle for buying something without all of the decision criteria that, that we're now used to, right? You don't buy anything on Amazon without a picture. I use that analogy when I talk to people about how does pop menu make the menu experience different. Imagine going to Amazon and searching for something, you know, hey, size 13, Air Jordans, whatever, and you just get a text list back of all the options. No photos, no ratings, no people like you also like this, any of that. You're, you're not buying any of that. And, and even though a restaurant, you know, for us, we, we didn't start with ordering. Ordering came when, when COVID happened and we built it into the platform. Um, we started with this idea that you can use your, your website to do a better job to get butts in seats. And, and still, that's the thing we care about the most. And it's like, why should someone have to go and get that criteria somewhere else? I mean, Amazon doesn't let that happen, right? Yeah. They put everything in one place. And so putting it all in one place just makes the decision on a future purchase, a reservation, a call, what, what have you, so much easier. It does end up being like a blog post for each dish or a, an entire web page for each dish. We actually create a unique URL for each dish. Yep. The entire page gets indexed. We even have menu items that come across as an e-com product that now have star ratings in the Google search results. That's incredible. And so, and, and the thing is, it's not an e-commerce business, but if you follow the fundamental, you know, approaches of e-com, again, to get people into your, into your restaurant, it makes a massive difference. We want all that decision criteria in one place. We're, we're doing that. And, and it's, it's awesome to see how well it really works if you just apply those principles. So I'm going to challenge you on the show since it's our show. Beautiful. <laughs> Put you in the hot seat. All right. Uh, as much as we love photos, as much as me love uh, written word, we are obsessed with video, short form video. Yeah. The internet has moved to that. TikTok has become the most downloaded website, the best search engine. Uh, where are you guys with video? How soon are you going to get there? Yeah. When can we expect it as pop menu customers? Because social selling is coming. We're there with video in, in terms of certain aspects of, yep. of the site. Um, it's really technically feasible to also do video for specific dishes. I love the idea of 
hey, here's this, you know. We're uh, not asking for long form video. We, we don't we're need long just form less, video. Less than 15 seconds. Yeah. It's feature a dish. Yeah, that, that's there. I, I think the thing is we've moved so much forward so fast. There's still restaurants have a, have a hard time operationalizing all the stuff we've yes. already put in. And, and I also think, I mean, video is, is useful, but it's going to be used in, in certain spots for certain feature dishes, things like that. I think it, it, it's very easy for us to do it, but, but for it to really be utilized, is going to take some be done, time. It's got to be done right. And it's like, let, let's get people going with, with what's there already. Um, and, and, and again, we, we do have video in the platform <laughs> where you can see you know, the atmosphere, you can see the, the facilities, all that stuff already. Well, I just wanted to bookmark the conversation because yeah, yeah. I know that we're a very forward restaurant. Anybody that's listening to this podcast is a forward hospitality professional. They understand the value of podcasting, the value of video. Yeah. But back to what you guys are really doing is you're here in Chicago and watching customers come up to your booth and doing demos with your sales team and kind of having this aha moment. Yeah. Can you talk us through how, how that experience has been? That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> it's validation of product. why you why you took over that so much yeah. trade floor. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, what I mean, first of all, it's amazing to be back in person. Just like hospitality, you know. I mean, this we're all part of the hospitality business, and that for me is face to face. It's not a, a drone dropping off a burrito, you know, yeah. that you ordered. It's awesome to be in person, and and you just get so much more understanding and, and ability to kind of bring more into the conversation than you do in that little square on on Zoom. And so it's been awesome to see that. But to be honest, I, I, I've been doing internet product for 20 plus years. And it's something that I've always, um, yeah, I developed a passion for that early. I was very early working on the internet. And, and over time, you just instantly start to, you know, attach pieces from different industries, different experiences and say, okay, why isn't it like this? You know, when Facebook came along, it totally changed what people expected of even business apps, things like that. I've always had that approach where it's like, well, this thing functions this way. Why couldn't it be here? And so as a product person, there's nothing better to me than, you know, this company that, that I co-founded and, and have put a lot of passion into for five years that the product is so damn good and it actually works. That just takes so much stress out of a business when you don't have to lie, you don't have to cheat, you know, you don't have to exaggerate. It's like, just look at it and just experience it. And you're going to see that it's a massive difference over what's out there. I mean, there's, there's nothing better. And, and, and it's, to be honest, it's been that way since the product was very early. And even when we were very, very basic and we look back and we can laugh at the UX and everything now, but very early we knew we had something special when we would show, we would show our most basic version of the product and people got what I call, oh shit face. Yeah. You know, they, they didn't want to talk to us. They didn't want to take the time. It's very hard to meet with restaurant owners, uh, the busiest people in the world, busiest job in the world, busiest people in the world. Um, and so you would, you would tend to see, oh, that guy's here for the meeting. I'm going to pretend like he's not here and maybe he'll forget. I'm doing a mil million other things. Finally, okay, I'm going to do the meeting and oh, I don't want to really do this. And then, oh shit, this is, this is not what I expected. Yeah. For me, there's, there's, the only thing more rewarding than that is seeing once they turn it on, how their business grows and how much success they have. But the initial getting them to, you know, to, to kind of react in an, in an environment where it's really tough to get them to react because they're being sold stuff all the time. Amazing. I'm going to take a quick minute to talk about Pop Menu Answering. I got to spend time with the co-founders of Pop Menu in Chicago during the National Restaurant Association. They were so fired up to talk about Pop Menu Answering, this new product that they have rolling out. And as a current restaurant owner myself, I know that constant phone calls can get in the way of serving guests in the restaurant. 
but not answering your phone can mean that you are losing out on potential customers. Did you know that 42% of restaurant guests will eat somewhere else if their call is missed? That is why we recommend Pop Menu Answering. Pop Menu Answering is powered by artificial intelligence to answer simple questions most people call in with, like, do you have outdoor seating? What are your hours? Within the Pop Menu platform, you can customize answers for your restaurant and choose the voice your guest hears, plus create customized greetings. Pop Menu Answering picks up the phone 24-7, 365, and Pop Menu helps gain insight into what potential guests are typically calling about, turning every phone call into an opportunity. Reclaim the power of your phone now with Pop Menu Answering. And for a limited time, our listeners get $100 off your first month. Plus, you can lock in one unchanging monthly rate at popmenu.com slash influencers. Go get $100 off your first month and learn more about Pop Menu's full collection of tools at popmenu.com slash influencers. And now back to the show. Can you describe UX to the entrepreneur that's listening, the restaurant owner? Why is that so important and how should they look at it? UX user experience is just part of the customer journey. And so the customer journey online, not that different than when they see your storefront in real life. They walk in, they're, they're greeted by someone in real life. They're seated, they meet you know, some, some front of house staff in real life. This is an extension of that. Uh, digital UX is, in many cases, the beginning of how are they going to feel about their entire customer journey? How are they going to feel about the entire hospitality experience? And when you treat it that way, you, you end up having this flow through and, and extending you know, what's happening on-prem all the way through the beginning, you know, before you're actually there and after. And it, and it makes the whole experience just just fantastic and so ux is you know it's just one of those parts of the customer journey that's that's really as important as all those other steps in continuing people through that journey whether that's getting them to a reservation getting them to an online order getting them back in you know the store to order more it's incredibly important so i've been working with your team now closely for the last couple weeks i can feel the culture i can feel why people want to work for you can you explain to the people that are listening, that are watching, when you're competing against so many other technology companies for the best and the brightest, what makes Pop Menu stand out? I mean, we're lucky that we we, we started off. It's a little bit unique. We have four co-founders. I can't imagine. I I feel I feel bad for single founders. Like, what are you guys doing? That's just. I would be <laughs> lonely journey. Yeah. Are you saying it's lonely to be an I, entrepreneur? I would. I would be you having... share the burden with some other shoulders. Oh my God! It's lonely. It's incredible. <laughs> And it's like, I already, I already drink a lot of whiskey. You know, I couldn't imagine if I was by myself. Um, but three of the four co-founders are product. It's usually pretty heavy sales people, you know, start or heavy GTM, go to market people, start companies. Three of the four of us are product. And Tony, our, our president, head yes. of GTM, he'll tell you, I'm a product guy too. <laughs> and he'll say it just like that. And um, so from the beginning, Tony's we've great. been product focused to start with and, and and we did hit on an idea that resonated with people to start with. And it's so much easier when you're not doing something 10 other people are doing, yeah. you know, and, and we were doing something no one's really doing. Um, it starts with that, but I'll say about a year into doing the business. I mean, I honestly thought everyone, I had just come off of selling a, a, a very successful startup. I wasn't a founder, but I was one of the leaders there. It went unbelievably well. Um, many, what many years this? This is 2016. Um, okay. 
Um, many, many dozens of people had life-changing financial, financial outcomes from it. Um, it was, it was a great experience. It gave us a lot of the playbook for, for pop menu that that company did. Um, but Tony came together and he's like, man, I don't want to do any of these soul sucking corporate jobs again. I'm tired of <laughs> cubicles and I want to do something different. And even if we fail, at least I'll have tried and I'll have that on my resume and I'll have that, you know, that personal satisfaction. And so we said, okay, we, we had this consumer based idea that ha that's really the heart of pop menu. I had that already a couple years before, but now I had this full playbook for how SaaS software as a service can help local businesses take control back from third party platforms. My, my last company was helping real estate teams take control back from Zillow. And so that was the playbook. And so we got together and said, okay, this makes sense. He started showing prototypes to restaurants. They were like, I'm, I'm ready to buy that. It's just yeah. a prototype. But I still thought, okay, everyone will do this for a year and then it'll be back to normal, back to real life. We got to the end of the first year and we had almost a hundred clients, a hundred wow. locations. And we were like, okay, and we started talking to potential investors, things like that, because we bootstrapped the company for the first 18 months. It was all our capital. Well, we started to say, okay, this, is, this might be our job. Business. Yeah, we might be doing this for a while. Now we have a decision. Do we do all of this stuff that we bitched about from other companies, yeah. or do we try to do it differently? And we decided to try to do it differently because we don't know any better. Yeah. And so we, from the beginning said, number one, no corporate bullshit. And, and, and what that ends up really meaning long-term is trying to keep ego out of it as much as possible. All of the worst company decisions ever, money's not the root of all evil. Ego is the root of all evil. And, and I know you guys are nodding right now. I mean, it's just so obvious, yeah. but it's like, let's, we were lucky to start with four people who loved working together and there was never any kind of, we, we've, we've had good careers. We're, we're not trying to prove anything. And so it was just about what can we make that's great and, and how can we make the team great? I think that's just attracted like-minded people. And so as people come in, if you're a brilliant asshole, it doesn't work out. You know what I mean? And, it, and it's like, and if you're not brilliant, it's even it's faster. Even, it's even quicker, yeah. But, but you know, over time we've been really, really lucky to bring in people who just want to do really good work and matter and make a difference and help a business that really needs it and really appreciates it. And, and man, that just keeps emanating out, you know? And I, I think, you know, one of the biggest challenges for founders always is how does the business scale? How do you keep the culture in place when the business scales? The truth is last year we tripled our team. The culture got better. And a lot of that has to do with, I mean, we have a brilliant um, head of people and culture, Anna Bruns, who's, who came in and just set up uh, uh, an infrastructure for culture like I've never seen before. I mean, we didn't come out with a set of values as founders and say, here's the mighty plaque up on the wall, just follow this stuff and it's integrity and all this. <laughs> and so she actually came in and interviewed the entire company after two years. And, and she's Austrian, she has a master's in psychology. She's very structured in, in how she approaches problems. She surfaced, she ended up talking to people, taking their ideas, you know, hey, why did you come here? Why do you love it here? Normalize them and, and basically brought them into four categories or our values. And they're super simple and they're super straightforward. And then she used those to build interview questions, to filter people out, stuff like that. I've never seen, I'd never expected and never, never thought it was possible for a culture to get better as you triple a business, but it has. Because everyone who comes in goes, this is different and this is special and I wanna keep doing more and more of it. And I think the second part is, um, several of us worked together in an industry that was, it was focused on HR. Yeah. Um, and, and we all wore suits and, and everyone played golf. And, and <laughs> there was a lot of, hey, whoever seems to look the part ends up being the one that gets you know promoted yeah. more and more. And for us, it was like, 
a lot of the people with the best ideas got looked over, yeah. you know, and, and that company ended up, you know, slow decline to boom. And we just thought a lot of it was people trying to look perfect. And so we just, we said, we're not going to do that. I don't care if you're 10 minutes late for a meeting or whatever. I don't care if you're, if you're all tatted up, if your hair is different, if you dress, I mean, this guy wore pajamas in the office the other day. I didn't love it, but I'm like, I don't care if you're going to, you know, do, yeah. you, do you get the result? Like, are you making an impact on a business, you know, that we care about? And so we now are leaning into this idea of imperfection. And, and to be honest, the restaurant space is perfect for us, yes. you know, cause it's like, no one's, well, you know, just, just trying to be super, super tight and perfect. And everyone makes mistakes in restaurants. The human There's no restaurant that hasn't sent it, you know, yeah. had a dish sent back. And so it's just kind of a perfect match for us. I think that's also helped. You know, we also attract people who love restaurants and, and our culture mixes really well with the restaurant culture. So that's about 20,000 words to answer yeah. your question. What's, what's fascinating for me is we talk to so many restaurant owners, so many technologists, so many people in the, the creator economy. And, you know, in the hospitality business, we spend, we dedicate our lives to taking care of others. Yeah. You know, we literally take care of customers. We take care of our team. We take care of our families. Very rarely do we turn the mirror on ourselves and take care of ourselves. Are you good at taking care of yourself? Oh God, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Thank you for your candor. Oh, it's a uh, past couple of years. We've all had a lot of, a lot of opportunity for self-reflection, right? Yeah. Um, honestly, it sounds ridiculous. I mean, I, I take care of myself. I take care of other people. You yeah. know, I've, I've been lucky. I've had a good career. I had a family really young. All my kids are adults now. Things have gone pretty well after a pretty rough start. And so I'm just, I'm super thankful for that. I feel best when people are saying, you know, Hey, that company you made or that thing you did or whatever helped me. That's, that's taking care of myself. I mean, drinking a little whiskey also, <laughs> you know, so I am good at that. And I live do, in, I live in Atlanta. New- I live in the South. I, I, I'm surrounded by bourbon. And well, so that, that does, that is some self care. What does Atlanta mean to pop menu? Oh man, Atlanta's it's such a great, it's a big part of pop menu. We couldn't have, I don't think we could have started anywhere else. There's this unique combination of diversity uh, is one thing, not just, not just diversity in terms of an HR checkbox, but diversity in perspectives and diversity of experience, um, diversity of, of cuisine. It's a, it's become a great food city, you know? There's also um, really great tech talent that's there that we've been able to tap into, you know, that, that, that kind of um, pool of talent very easily. It's a very affordable place to live, you know, and so people don't have to do unnatural things to, to make a living, like just push for more money all the time and things like that. It's not, it didn't kill us when we uh, opened our first office March 1st, 2020. Yeah. and closed it March 13th, <laughs> 2020, um, because it's not that expensive to operate a business there. Um, and Atlanta's got this guy, we've been abused in the sports world for so long. And I think there's You're this, talking to a guy from San Diego. Don't talk about sports abuse. Yeah, but the weather's so good and you can just go out to the beach. The weather's and stuff. good, we but can't we go just to the can't beach. get we a go championship. Sit in traffic. I just want one championship. Come yeah, on, that's it. It's we got two last year. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. I don't feel bad. But I think we got that challenger mentality, you know, yes. where it's not Oh, we're, you know, we're in San Francisco or we're here in New York, wherever. And, and so we're just, we've already made it cause we've made it here. Like, I do think there's a real, there's a real spirit of that. That's, that's come about over the past kind of uh, 20 years that, that works well. It's, it's overlooked as a tech scene, you know, it's gotten more and more kind of visibility. And we've had some, we've had some big unicorns, you know, lately do really well, Calendly, Sales Loft, um, 
one trust one you know there's there, there's a bunch of them but i just think that whole mix has been a big a big big part of us for sure so people that listen to this show they've heard about the new product that you guys have rolled out through um the the ads that we've been running can you let everyone know the insight what what, what are you guys releasing what's what's the big product the big reveal yeah right now the big thing is ai based phone answering and Huge. so we've been working on it for about two years and it started with I'm just sitting with restaurant owners and, and spending a lot of time with them. And of course, because they're restaurant owners, they're getting up and <laughs> answering the phone. And they're doing other things too, accepting deliveries and stuff like that. But um, I had one meeting in particular with a, with a restaurant. I'm friends with the owner, it's, in my, it's one of my locals. And uh, he got up like 10 times in, in 20 minutes to answer the phone. And I said, hey man, I know you're super busy and I'm not, I'm not upset, I'm not offended yeah. that you keep getting up, but Who's calling? Like, what yeah, is that? Who's calling? Tell what me about that? this. Tell me about this problem. This one was a funny one because he didn't have a reservation system and actually he was getting a ton of um, Google, Google bot reservation calls. Oh, wow. You know? Really? Yeah. And so um, anyway, he started describing the, the calls he was getting. And I was like, that's interesting. And I started talking to more and more owners about it. And, and then I started to realize, like, it's one of the only businesses you still have to call as a consumer. Part of that is because the information you want isn't always online or super scattered, it's hard to get to. And part of that is just, it's always been that way. People call, hey, do you have gluten-free? Hey, yeah. do you have a, a weight right now? Hey, do you have a patio? Hey, what, where do I park? You know, there's just a million questions that you have for restaurants. And, and um, I realized we have the data. And I realized through, you know, through our product experience, it's like we, we've worked with place, you know, players like Twilio before, we've handled voice, we've handled text. It's, it's not the craziest, most complex technical solution to, to come up with. It's not easy. And we have two machine learning masters from Georgia Tech who crushed it along with a great team who pulled it along. But it started with me sitting with restaurant owners and realizing this is a massive problem and everyone's just throwing their hands up and said, nah, there's nothing we could do about it. And then we started to build it. And I was like, oh shit, this is, this is gonna work. This is gonna be really good. And so, um, we released a version of it in the fall and it was, it already solved the problem. Even being far, far, far from perfect, it solved the problem. You're answering questions 24 seven. Yep. Doesn't matter how many people call, the employee is always showing up to answer the phone, the bot, and, and the answers are getting better and better. But a couple months ago, the product team had spent so much time with clients. I mean, we spend so much time with restaurateurs to understand, you know, is this any good? Everything from discovering what we should build to validating what we've built. The product team talked to restaurants over and over and over and they said, hey, I need to be able to customize some of these responses. We built that in, they, they rolled it out and it just unlocked everything. It's, it's incredible now that there's like 200 different items that the system's automatically going to respond to, but you can go ahead and put your personal flair on it if you want. And so one is, hey, do you have trivia night? And instead of, yes, we have trivia night, it's Wednesday. Mm -hmm. You can say, oh, we have trivia night. We have the best host in town and it's half price wings. You gotta come, bring a friend, blah, blah, blah. And the system's gonna say that every single time perfectly. That's awesome. And so as soon as that came out, we kind of hit real product market fit on, on the answering product. And now that combined with just how hard it is to, to find people to work in restaurants and then how many other things you want those people to be doing besides answering the phone. Yep. And how often they don't know how to answer a lot of the questions. It's like this thing, like Tony, my co-founder keeps saying, costs. hey, that's, would you hire an employee 
who shows up every single day, can answer every single call, even if 50 people are calling at once, can answer 200 different questions, is gonna answer it exactly how you want, and yep. they're 47 cents an hour. So we're, we're really excited. We're gonna put a link in the show notes for people that wanna check out the, the pop menu answering. That's, it's a super cool thing from, from our barbecue restaurant perspective. I mean, we turn off our phones on the busiest days, and I'd much rather have an AI solution that allows people to send a text through Ovation, because we use Ovation, but for us, it doesn't make sense to have four staff members on a Father's Day when people are calling, tied up, putting in an order that they can do online. So that's crazy. Super, it's, super exciting what you guys are building. Awesome. Thanks. And it's it's one of those things. Again, we were sitting with with restaurant like you just mentioned when people, you know, taking your phone off the hook. We, we met with this one awesome restaurant, Val's Worcester Mass. I, I, she's she's got a big operation. I think it's four or five hundred covers a day, something like wow. that. And um, we were kind of previewing slash doing discovery on answering at the time. And we said, hey, tell, how you guys handle phones? And she's like, oh, we, we, we have five phone lines that we pay for. <laughs> and basically between certain hours, we have five people stop what they're doing and answer phones to take orders for, for you know, the, the hours to come. And then eventually the kitchen says, that's enough. We can't do anymore. And they put all the phones off the hook. No way. And I'm like, that is, that is an opportunity. Like that is something we can Big definitely do better than then. Yes. Uh, we, we can do better than that. It, yeah. Even if you, hey, can I take an order right now? Hey, we're- Throttle the order. We're, we're full. Take it for later. You know, we can't yeah. take any more. Like there's so many different ways you can handle that that are better than five humans <laughs> writing stuff down yeah. and then, okay, time to take the phones off the hook. I mean, I don't even, the whole concept of taking a phone off the hook is something I haven't done in like 15 years. <laughs> it's you it's know? amazing. There's no hook. It's amazing. So I, I love, I love, and it, the biggest hurdle is people say, I don't want a robot, I want a person. And it's like, yeah, I do too, but they're not there. And if you can't get a person, you gotta get an answer. Like, that's the biggest thing is you have to get people the answer or they're gonna move on to somebody else yeah. who can't answer it. And, 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 you know, we've done research. One of the big stats we uncover is three quarters of people say it's fine to interact with a bot, you know, and with technology, as long as they're gonna get their answer. And so it just works so well for everybody involved. So, and the thing with answering, it's just gonna get better and better. This is still a very early iteration of it. So you can get on the wait list now. You can call up and ask how long the wait is, get the answer. You can get on the wait list. You can ask for a reservation, get a link back uh, to your reservation system. You can ask to make an order and you're gonna get a link back to make the order along with whatever text you want. Hey, this is the most efficient way to order. It's the cheapest way for you. It's the best economics for us. Also, we're gonna give you an offer if you use this, but it'll get smarter and smarter to where you're doing things like, hey, can I make a reservation, you know, and actually have the conversation handle it? And also you'll be able to order and say things like, um, hey, I'd like to place an order. Okay, thanks, Sean. Do you want your last order? And do you want to lose your, use your last um, form of payment? Great, we'll go ahead and set it up. That's so awesome. It's still early days and it's, there's so much possibility for it. So super pumped about answering. So we believe a rising tide lifts all ships and we're grateful for everybody that listens to this show, um, that watches this show. But one of the things my grandfather taught me was to stay curious, to get involved and to ask for help. So the people that are following on social, it's at Sean P. Walchef, S-H-A-W-N-P-W-A-L-C-H-E-F. Interacting with us every single Wednesday and Friday at 10 a.m. We do a clubhouse call, um, that's specific standard time. We want you to join that call. Today's social shout out is going to the Troy Hooper of at Nourish Brands. 
Troy has been doing an incredible job helping our Digital Hospitality Leadership Club. He was at the Pop Menu booth with me yesterday. We met because of Clubhouse. So the, the power of digital hospitality is once you interact with people online, people that are your type of people, magic can happen. And we're here at National Restaurant Association. Troy was able to host a podcast with us. And he was sharing a story that four years ago, he went to a Western, um, Western restaurant conference show mm -hmm. and he saw the pop menu booth oh and it was God. an eight by eight booth. Oh. And he goes, what in the F happened to pop <laughs> menu? How did, how did you guys take over this trade floor? And my question to you, what would you tell the entrepreneur in their darkest hour when they're just chasing that dream? You guys just keep going. And, and we've had lots of dark hours. I, when COVID started, we had uh, our, our investors called a meeting together and said, hey guys, we think half of all restaurants are gonna go out of business forever. Hmm. And we were like, well, that would be difficult to, for everyone. Yeah, and, and talking about like but a, half, we also a half said, a million restaurants. That's, that's a lot right. of restaurants. I was like, pump the brakes, guys, like, <laughs> take a breath. I, I, I get it, you're, you're worried, things are gonna be fine. There have been dark, dark days, I mean, especially in this space, especially during the past few years, but also that's where, that's where really opportunities are, are made, you know, and that's really where great companies, great entrepreneurs are made, as you say, yeah, it's chaos all around me, but I'm, I'm just gonna, there are two or three things I can do today to make the situation better for someone. I'm gonna do that, and then tomorrow I'm gonna do that again. It's super cliche, you know, it, 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 but it is, people think entrepreneurship is, is like glamorous and, and raising money in Silicon Valley is glamorous and all this stuff. It's, it's a shit ton of work, and, and people don't yeah. think about every day you're gonna be sitting in front of a computer and most of the time you're not gonna know what exactly you should be doing and you gotta do it again tomorrow and again tomorrow and again tomorrow. And I think that's the thing that's like not really broadcast. <laughs> so yeah. No one told me that, you know? And, and it is a, it's a daily, I hate to, I'm not gonna use the word grind because I, I really think it's more about being able to zoom out in each day and say, what's the best thing I can do right now? I'm gonna do it and then tomorrow I'm gonna do it again. So it's hard. And I, I think if you're, if you're thinking, I just want to be in tech crunch, you know, and I, I'm just going to raise glamor rounds. Well, certainly now that's good luck. Those days are done. <laughs> right. And honestly, we knew from the beginning, you get a tech crunch article and you get a raise like that. That's just the start of another chapter. That's not the end of anything. Yeah. You know, you haven't won anything. You're just, you've honestly just taken on more, um, you know, more expectations and, and more, obligation to deliver on that. And so I think the biggest thing is if you like solving problems and you like doing it every day and you like learning, being curious, figuring things out, there, there is no better world to be in than entrepreneurship. It is incredibly like rewarding when you figure stuff out, but man, it's hard. It's yeah. hard. And so the whole thing is just not having this expectation is going to happen overnight. Well, I can't thank Pop Menu enough for being such gracious host here in Chicago, National Restaurant Association. First time I've ever been to the show. Couldn't be more impressed with how many people are here and hungry to improve their businesses. Oh yeah. You know, just hungry to improve their businesses. Shout out to Rising Tides Creative, my, my crew, my production crew that have been working so hard, tireless to capture as much content as possible. Yeah. Thank you to Toast. So what's the best digital playground that people can find you and interact with Pop Menu, learn more? Yeah, definitely following Pop Menu is the best, and that's always at Pop Menu. Whether it's um, are you guys active on social? I mean, I've been I'm following you. I'm gonna hound your social team, make sure that they're yeah. putting out more content. You're on TikTok yet? Um, Not yet. I'm kind of an older guy. Like they keep 
Who do I'm, I have to talk to to get Pop Charlie at the okay. booth? Okay. Charlie I'm, at the I'm booth. Supposed, we're, we, Tony and I owe a TikTok dance, and every time we look at him, we're like, man. Okay, we're gonna do a today. We're gonna do a <laughs> we're gonna do a TikTok video after this um, because I'm on a, a CEO co-founder uh, a TikTok video tour over oh, here great. at the NRA. So we're I'm not gonna to, let you, I'm not gonna let you off the hook. Yeah, thank, we were supposed to do the my money don't jiggle jiggle, but that, well, we don't have to we're dance. Letting, we're we're gonna do a pass. TikTok video just we're to promote this pass. episode. Yeah, I just think I'm, I mean I'm on LinkedIn and I, I yeah. interact with people, you know, not salespeople, but the, <laughs> the people. And um, just in general, Pop Man, he's pretty active on social and getting more active. And and especially, you know, as we get back in the real world, we're connecting on events. We've, we want to get out and, and talk with people, share ideas, yeah. do happy hours, learning sessions, stuff like that. So yeah, follow us and, and hopefully there's an opportunity to meet tons of people soon. Awesome. Thank you, Brendan. Thank you guys for watching the show. We appreciate it. If you found value, please uh, write a review and share it with a friend and we'll catch you all next week. And a special thank you to our title sponsor, Toast. Toast is the primary technology partner that we use at our restaurant, Cali Barbecue. It is also the primary technology partner that so many of the guests have shared with us on this show. People like Sam, the cooking guy, Stacy Poonkinney, Jeff Alexander. So many times the guests tell us that they're using Toast when we didn't even know that going into the interview. That is why we are so grateful that they sponsor this show. We want you to win. You that listen to this show, we want you to improve your digital hospitality. Toast is built for restaurants and it's built for you. Toast is the restaurant first platform that's built for your needs, whatever your size, concept, or ambitions. Improve your bottom line with a customizable platform that's easy to learn, use, and grow with. And it meets you where you are with all the right tools for your price point. If you have any questions about Toast, please DM me at Sean P. Walchef, S-H-A-W-N-P-W-A-L-C-H-E-F. I will get you the link to the right Toast contact in your market. It's so important that if you listen to this show, that you win. We want you to be on this show eventually. Let us know that you heard the show, you heard about Toast, you implemented Toast, you did a Toast unboxing in your restaurant. Talk to us about how you've impacted your village, your city, your community. Share your Toast story with us. DM me today to learn more. And be sure to check out Toast.